1: Mean Line Media presents Business of the Beat. Hi, I'm Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and I am a founder, brand builder, entrepreneur, and believe in the mantra, carpe diem. I created this podcast, Business of the Beat, through my own experience as a beauty executive to talk about tell stories and highlight the business of beauty through conversations with beauty and wellness, entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, helping to diversify
0: the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. This part of me was like, ah, that'll never happen. Like all this stuff that happened last year, that'll that'll never happen, you know? But I think the BeatCon audience always believed it was going to happen. They always thought trans rights were going to happen. Equal rights were going to happen. Diversity was going to come to the boardroom. Diversity was going to come to the cap table. You know, where is the funding for Black founders? Like they were always like, yep, this is happening. Yep, this is happening. Hi, everyone. I'm your host,
1: Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, and welcome to Business of the Beat. Today's podcast is super special. It's our 50th episode, a tremendous milestone in the podcast world and for me personally. When we first started, I wasn't sure, one, if I wanted to do a podcast, two, if I could carry a podcast, and three, when I heard that it was going to be a two-year commitment, I immediately was like, this is not for me. But what I found over these last 50 episodes is that this is for me. That I love it, that I've learned so much about myself, about founders, executives, about culture, about being an entrepreneur. And it's truly been one of the greatest experiences of my life. So, as we get ready to dive into our 50th episode, I'm just so grateful and thankful for you, the listeners, for the team at Mean Old Lion Media, my podcast network. For my team at work who make sure that I'm prepared and ready that we have guests for the show, it's truly an honor. I'm grateful. I'm excited to be here to celebrate our 50th podcast episode. And with that, you know, I always have to say it. Please make sure that you follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Your feedback means so much to us, and we love your ratings and reviews please make sure that you subscribe and follow Business of the Beat. And for today's guest on our 50th episode, I'm excited that we have Moj Mahadera, co-founder of Beautycon, entrepreneur, advisor, and investor. So Moj is an entrepreneur and CEO. She is the co-founder of Beauty United with me. (laughs) She is an expert in the beauty, wellness, and CPG market and the co-founder of Beautycon, a globally recognized community for content creators, celebrities, fans, and brands. As the CEO, she was responsible for driving brand vision for Beautycon and its growth initiatives, launching the brands globally, which included strategic media partnerships, content development, market intelligence, and e-commerce over the past seven years. Mahadara is an accomplished speaker, business figure, and an active investor with international recognition for her expertise in Gen Z and millennial consumer profiles and behaviors. She has been named to multiple lists over the years, including ones in Cosmo and Maria Claire Magazine, Fast Company's Most Creative People list, The Hollywood Reporter's Top 25 Most Powerful Digital Players, Women's Wear Daily's Digital Power Posse list, and Variety's Digital Entertainment Executives to Watch. Moj is also a 2020 Henry Crown Fellow. Moj, oh my gosh, welcome to Business of the Beat. This is when I tell you I've been waiting for this moment. This is such a special day. It is our 50th episode of the podcast, and I could not think of anyone else that I would want to share this momentous celebration with than you. So thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm excited and i feel um overwhelmed with emotion as i read all these headlines this morning i was <laughs> like that's my friend <laughs> that's my friend that's my friend with jp morgan and chase and shopify up there <laughs> creating a new platform and a new way of fostering an industry that we both love so i'm so excited and proud of you and i hope you are taking a moment to really like Ingest the magnitude of this moment, because this is like, this is like a well over a decade in the making for you.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, thank you for saying that, you know, it's your, it's the true people, your ride or dies, which I consider you that understand the journey beyond the headline. And I feel like you and I were so intimately connected from a business and a personal perspective because we understand that. And we understand that we didn't just wake up and write a headline. We didn't just wake up and do something or invest in something amazing. We truly have put in so much work. And I feel like You know, especially for our relationship, it's been over a decade, you know, working together, grinding out, like having different views, but always coming back to the central notion of what we care about so much. And so that is why I'm so emotional about this conversation. And so I know, I know you are, I know a lot of our listeners know who you are, but before we get into the goods and the goodies, um, tell us like, Your journey, where you are, how you're here today, just kind of give us the full breath of Moj so we can dive in.
0: Ooh, Um, my journey, I'm very, 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 I think I sit in a lot of, um, I would say if I was to think about 2021, I think about a year of gratitude, growth, expansion, I've really changed my mind and sort of expanded in areas that I don't know that I ever thought I was going to um i'm excited i'm passionate i'm motivated um i don't know i feel like so many things in my life have been washed out that were painful for me and so many things have blossomed that were kind of right there the whole time but i i really have had time to sort of nurture and invest in but in general i feel really optimistic super grounded in myself um I think it's, you know, you know, people like always say, like getting older, it comes with a lot of things. And one of the things for me, it's definitely come with is a resolution of being comfortable with who I am and who I'm not also who I'm not. And I think that's good. So I'm in a, I feel like I'm in a good space.
1: (laughs) I love everything that you said. I mean, gratitude comes in so many forms and I'm so mindful of it all the time to just like live in this moment of of gratitude for all things. And you, because I, I feel like I've been with you. And so even this, when you talk about evolution and expansion, it comes in so many different forms. And even this resolution of understanding who you are and who you're not, right? I think like people want to put us into this box. We allow that, which we've talked through, like we allow that to happen until we can evolve and then figure out like, no, this is who I am. And you have I mean, your career alone, your awards your your accolades I've already shared with the listeners, your Hollywood this and that, and you you know you've just had such an amazing career and you have so much more that you're doing. So how has that kind of led you to this place of understanding who you are and who you're not, and how different is it now than before as you
0: lean into that understanding? I think what comes to mind when I think about that question is. I think when you are other, when you're an other in an industry that you want to be a part of, you force, you know, yourself into shapes and sizes and pretzels and you you code switch, you you don't say things when you should, you say things when you not sure you can. You can't find your voice, your balance, your equilibrium. I always wonder what it would be like to wake up one day and just be someone that just didn't have to think about all that emotional kind of labor. Like the, 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 the pan, what the pandemic has given me is an opportunity to spend a lot of time looking at the shame of the things you do as a minority, as an other to survive. And so when I think about our business relationship, our friendship, our overall sort of like a long-term decade-long relationship, it's almost like having an opportunity to observe another person going on a similar journey as yourself. where it's just takes a long time to come into your own. Like, like when I think, when I read the headline today and I read the article and I've I've been reading through it, what occurred to me is that is always how I saw you. (laughs) That is always how I saw you like from the get. Right. And I think, I think that, um, working through what you have to do to be, in spaces and live in places that weren't created for you and letting go of the shame of the things that you've done or the things that you haven't done and all the ways in which you've betrayed yourself. That to me has been what I got out of COVID, which is just like letting go of shame. I think that shame was sitting in the background of conversations for me in the back. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, I'm excited about the next chapter of my career because I'm really coming at it from a place of real deep self-reflection where it feels really good to be able to be with um, any conversation because I know who I am and I'm clear on who I am and I'm clear on what I bring and I'm clear on what my values are. And I'm, I feel very lucky to even have the opportunity. I consider that such a privilege. And I think about like what a lot of people have gone through over the past 18 months. And a lot of people have not had that time for self-reflection. You know, they have not had that time for therapy and Al-Anon and like thinking of journaling and meditating. Like this past 18 months has been brutal. And I and I and when I say gratitude, it's because I'm lucky that I'm healthy, that I'm able, my family's healthy, my friends, you know, for the most part, my life are healthy but that I've had a chance to like push pause and invest in myself. And so, you know, you're coming into an industry that's radically changed and you've had the time now to um, step into it newly and differently, which makes me very excited because I think, you know, we both share a love of this industry. I love the beauty and wellness industry. It is my core passion and I'm excited to come at it now with all this newfound shame-free vibes
1: there's so many things that you said, um, the privilege, the shame free, the being othered, and in particular, you know, we keep going back to this industry of beauty and wellness, it's our industry. I have to say, I have to credit you for really unlocking that passion with me, with beauty and wellness, and you know, it was really through the lens of BeautyCon and everything that you're saying now to me when you talk about even the article and where you are now as an evolved person. That's what BeautyCon really was for me. The most magical place to be yourself, to see other people being their selves, to have that freedom and expression. And it always represented the goodness of the beauty and wellness industry. You and I have been through the (laughs) other side of not just that industry, but also in business. And even when you talk about kind of getting to the other side of COVID, there's so many people that, that, aren't there that are trying to get there. But what, what was it like? What was that moment where you said, here's what I need to do. And you figured out what to do and you did it. Like, what was the moment? What were the steps? How did people get to this place of, of this newfound privilege that you're talking about?
0: I mean, should I pull out the book? I'll show you. Let me show you this book.
1: Yeah, okay. I mean, cause we have entrepreneurs, founders, executives trying to, get. Us.
0: I, I always tell everyone, because Pema Chodron, she's a Buddhist monk. She wrote this book many years ago called The Places That Scare You. I keep this here because it's literally called A, a Guide to Fearlessness in Difficult Times. And it's literally what it is, um, which last year was a difficult time, to say the fucking least. So, <laughs> so um, look, you. I knew last year that I could either dig in. And do this work or I could implode, mess up my family, mess up my, my child, mess up my community and like not show up. And like, I think God doesn't put things in front of you that you can't step into. Like, I have to believe that there's like a divine, you know, energy, God, someone above me, below, all around. That's like, you can do this. You can push through. Um, and yeah, covid was humbling I mean I definitely spent most of last year in tears crying upset sad depressed you know angst um like everyone like most people so I think um on the other side of that but you know when I really think about it like I think a lot of that upset was probably already there um yeah. I, I just think I was so busy I was hustling I was c- crushing I was I was grinding I was I was doing the 15 hour days with, I was 996ing every every day, like just living that lifestyle. Like when I went to China, I was like, yes, culture understands me. Nine, nine, six. Oh, I um, I oh God. I was like, could I get this even tattooed on myself? I'm like, oh God, this is not, no, not, this not like nine, six, nine, six. nine, six. Listen, that's what all the people above you and I trained us and talked to us and put the pressure on us to do. Like there was no one above us, not our clients, not our investors, not anyone that was saying, like, what about your Like, it's like, you know, the grind was, you know, and and that's what I mean about sort of the realization of owning more of your decisions, owning more of your narrative. And I think at the end of the day, that was a time and a place, and today is a new day. I think. Everyone has to turn the page to the new day of of COVID-19 and 2020. And, you know, you can continue on with what that was. But the reality is that those rules and that world doesn't even exist anymore. You know, no one's going back to that. So I I I don't miss that chapter because I did that chapter and that was a fun chapter. And now I want to do this chapter. This is a new chapter.
1: Well, and it's so, I love what you said too, just in terms of like, God doesn't put things in front of you. I'll never forget when I first moved to LA and I remember to your point, it's like grinding and hustling. And I was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I pulled up at this red light and it was just this weird, it was such a weird feeling. And then it came to me and I was like, God didn't put me here to fail. Like God didn't move me all the way here to LA with all these opportunities to fail. And I have to step into it. I have to lean into it. I have to turn fear into faith. And I think that you and I have been so aligned in this notion of moving forward and forward motion and kind of taking what we learned, taking the impact of COVID and saying, how do we turn things on its head? And it doesn't have to be that way. And we did come from this like old school mentality. You didn't leave the office till you're Boston. You were
0: rewarded
1: for canceling your vacation to stay there.
0: Rewarded. You were You praised. You were, I remember, you know, it's so crazy. Cause I, you know, I remember when Neve was born and I was so afraid to tell people that we were having a baby or that more importantly, I was going to take time off, you know? And it's like, these are the things that where I'm saying is like the things that you have to forgive yourself for like I would never do that again today you know uh for so many reasons more importantly like the the message that sends to the people in your community and your family but it's like one of those things where like that was the expectation like there just was like there was no like you know Alexis o- ohisian wasn't you know there wasn't like this paternal family like it, all these things that came out of this past year like it just wasn't it was kind of like on a on a wall like as a like a logo like hey we like <laughs> but it wasn't like it wasn't really like that you know
1: it really this wasn't. is what it is
0: it wasn't like that but yes i uh you know i loved i loved and love beautycon in the chapter of my life that is beautycon I mean sometimes i wonder if I love beautycon more than i loved myself my family, like like i just there's, a, there's something about that project in that chapter that un- opened up a vortex of expression. And I just have never in my entire life seen a more expressive, self-possessed audience in my life. I've just never seen anything, frankly, so beautiful as those people. The coolest people I've ever met in my entire life.
1: The coolest it opens my eyes to just like this whole new world of acceptance and that just being. And I think it goes into, you know, I've been talking a lot about grace, right? Because we have to give each other grace. And even you talk about, you know, overcoming different things that happen. Like no one leaves childhood unscarred. Nobody does. How we move forward and how we progress. And I feel like BD gave this, like, we're all here. We're all in it together. We all have all these different things, but we can be in this magical moment of time together and we can feel all right. And we can hear from other people. And I don't think I've been very, you know, bullish that I think that you were really the magic of that because you've always been about culture. You've always been about creativity and you've always been about community and your ability to weave the narratives together to be accepting and to create such a safe environment. You know, it was, it's a moment in time. And now as you think through, you know, what's the next kind of like, Beauty disruptor, because BeautyCon was that. You've always been at the forefront. Like, what is next in terms of disruption in in our beauty industry? Like, what do we have to be
0: positive and excited about and passionate about? Well, first and foremost, we have Brain Trust Founder Studio (laughs) to be excited and passionate about. You know, I'll tell you why I'm saying that, and I don't mean that in a tongue-in-cheek, ha ha kind of way. BeautyCon was a cultural moment in time. I like, I love it when uh, our friends over at Shopify say that they call, they sort of use BeautyCon as an adjective, right? That's so BeautyCon, yeah. or that's so beautiful. Be- so many of you, right? But the thing about BeautyCon is that it created a real opportunity for all of us, because you and I are a little bit on the outside of that audience. You know, we yeah. were kind of like, You know, I would say I'll speak for myself, maybe a little, little bit more jaded, a little bit more, you know, like this part of me was like, ah, that'll never happen. Like all this stuff that happened last year, that'll, that'll never happen, you know, but I think the Beacon audience always believed it was going to happen. They always thought trans rights were going to happen. Equal rights were going to happen. Diversity was going to come to the boardroom. Diversity was going to come to the cap table. You know, where's the funding for black founders? Like they were always like, yep, this is happening. Yep. This is happening. And you and I were like, oh, it's like, um, you know, I think we wanted to believe, but we're afraid, right? Because the yeah. the system that built us, you know, that's a fucking terrifying ass system. And we know, you know, that system is a punishing system. It's a system that punishes um, people who operate too much outside of the zone. And so, you know, I think people would say in the industry, you and I have always colored outside the lines. I think people would say we've always pushed the boundaries, but I think- we always knew something even more was possible. Yes. And that's why I say Brain Trust um, Founder Studio, because now it's about that expressiveness, that agency, that creativity, that entrepreneurism coming to the cap table, coming to ownership, coming to entrepreneurship. And I always, I think you know, people are like, what are you going to do now? It's like, I'm an entrepreneur. Like I will always be an entrepreneur. I am already entrepreneuring. I'm just not telling you what I'm entrepreneuring right now. You know, I'm doing stuff. And I, and that's because I don't know how to not do stuff. Like I just don't. And so, um, cause entrepreneurism is like the, the most beautiful paintbrush one can have, you know, like you can, you can create jobs, opportunity, futures, um, new categories. So I think about what people have to be excited about is, you know, you look at Brain Trust Founder Studio, you look at um, what you and I are working on through the lens of Beauty United and bringing that diversity and inclusion to the boardroom, to what employment numbers look like, to what investments look like. And I think now Now we've shown the industry how big the opportunity is, how colorful, like, let's be honest, like, we know that culture drives consumerism, we know that we if you look at movies, if you look at film, if you look at what drives audiences, like, we know it's the culture. And so at the end of the day, that culture has now created a demand and understands more importantly, after COVID-19, after GameStop, after everything you saw with AMC, our consumers, they know that they are the most important person. And at the end of the day, you can say, I'm the magic of BeautyCon, but I will always say the magic of BeautyCon was 100% that fan. Those fans, those audiences, like everyone is, was, was like, you run BeautyCon. I don't run BeautyCon. Like these aren't my rules. These aren't my wants. This is their wants. I'm not telling you that they want these kinds of bathrooms, a nursing station for new moms. They're telling us. They're the ones who demanded who should be headlining and who should be there and how long it should be and how many days it should be and what cities we should go to. Like, so I think now that we're in this era where the consumer rules the world, you have a company like Braintrust Founder Studio. They're building and supporting entrepreneurs that are, in my opinion, kind of the next phase of this movement, which is financial inclusion. And more than anything, what I'm excited about is that a woman and a woman of color, a Black woman is leading that charge, because I think that there has to be a balance in this energy. And I'm excited it's you. Thank you. I,
1: it, when we talk about fear there's so many things because, you know, I'm not like, I don't live in fear. I don't talk about fear. I'm not like a big crier, <laughs> like all the things. And it's such a heavy weight because I care so much. And we're so connected because when you talk about the fan and the consumer and being guided by that, the whole mission, the whole journey for Founders Studio was really about the founders. It was really about how can i create impact and you talk in the beginning you talk in the beginning about like understanding what you're good at and what you're not and i so i so 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 was like how do i lean into this and it took a friend to say like you know play to your strengths and it was like i'm really good i'm like you i'm i'm a builder i'm a founder i'm an entrepreneur i'm good at building things i'm good at bringing people together i'm good at community And I also found that just like the consumer and the fan of Beautycon, it's the founders. They are the ones who are telling us what they need. And if we can build the ecosystem and the community to support that, then that's where it gets exciting. That's where the economy changes. That's where jobs are created. That's where their financial landscape changes. That's where in our communities of color, we can talk about parity and we can talk about equity and what that really means and how to even understand financial literacy. And you have been the beacon and the light for financial literacy. You've talked about it. You've created opportunities. You have truly been the one that has said, we are all going to be here together. And talk about like, what does that look like? What is real financial literacy equality? What are we doing? How do we move it forward? How do we
0: create the playing fields around wealth? Well, this is the this is the most important conversation there is, right? Because if you think about, what it takes to have a society that feels safe enough in the systems that it invests in, that those systems are there for them. People have to feel like they are a contributor to that system in a meaningful way. And today we do that through something called, you know, it's a fiat, right? It's a, it's capital, it's money. It's whether it's crypto or Bitcoin or ETH or an NFT or whatever that is, it's an exchange of something, right? And right now, I think I read in the stat yesterday that um, 10% of America controls over 80% of the stock market. Wow. Right. And when you think about who that 10% is, mm-hmm. how much of that 10% are minorities, are underrepresented cultures, people? How many of them are women? You know, how many of them are older women? How many of them are Black women? How many of them are mothers? Right. And so I I feel like in large part, society has been built, you know, on the backs of Black, Latin, you know, minorities. And as you know, for me, the issue is always women. Yes. (laughs) Always. Always for me is issue is women, because I feel that when you have 0.02% of venture funding going to black, indigenous, Latin, and then you're like, it's 0.002% going to like gay and lesbian black women. Then you start to realize like how important like an Arlen Hamilton is, right? Because it's like, and that's why BeautyCon for me was like such a huge, and I mean, I'm not, not here to unpack that today, but that's something that I will be unpacking. But it's like, you know, raising money for that thing in 2015, um, you had a very limited group of people that were interested in that conversation. And so I, I just think financial literacy and financial inclusion has to come on an education basis, has to become a cultural norm amongst women and women of color. And I think you and I, if we talk about, hey, we should buy We should go on vacation together. We should do this timeshare together. We should, you know, it's about making it, what did you get paid on that? Well, this is my rate. And I'm like, oh, I heard so-and-so is getting this other rate. It's just about creating that cultural norm. And I think we're there, but I think now people need tools. They need resources. They need access to information. And so much of, look, it wasn't that long ago that you and I worked in an industry to build a website cost $500,000. Now we live in a time and a place where Anyone can have a Shopify, anyone can put it on SoundCloud, anyone can drop an NFT. And what that's opened the floodgates on is the democracy and the democratization of financial inclusion. And and it's not a shock to me that the people who are the most successful at this, who are there first, are minorities and women. And you and I know many, many, many of those founders um, and we love these founders we've we have i mean i think that's in large part what drew us so tightly and closely to beautycon and I think to create a platform now where you can really focus your energy on helping them build and scale their businesses and make better choices make good choices um and to benefit all of the bad choices that have been made in the past and to pay that forward but as a business structure that's that's You know, my confidence level that Braintrust Founder Studio gives us the next holding company is high. (laughs) That's my dream and expectation for you and the founders you're working with is that, you know, the next, you know, the next ELC, the next L'Oreal, the next Revlon is one of your portfolio brands.
1: So much of what I've been focused on, especially as you say that, is verifiable, tangible results. And I think for me, like, I love to hear you manifest that for us because that's what it's about. Like, as we launch this and the founders that we're bringing in, it's we have to, yes, we can talk about it. We can do a webinar, but like, how are we putting it into practice and how are we making better decisions? And even working with my advisors and going through the profits interest grants and the equity and the splits and all these things that you and I have talked about, it is real. And I have found that there's a glossy side of it and there's the real side of it. And how does that really impact your business? And this notion that all money is good money because you're bringing money in and it's really not. And being able to be in a place to make decisions about as a business owner, what is that money that you want to bring in? I have paid a price for not understanding it, not having the right people in the first company that I created. And I said, I will never let that happen again. And I'm going to build a brain trust of people to not just help me, but to help other women talk about it. And you've said it before, like you get pregnant, everyone is sending you everything that you need. And here's your support group. And here's your doula you're trying to build a company and you want to raise money and people don't want to talk about the cap table and the discounts and the pricing and the safe. And it's like, you were, I sent you the safe. And I'm like, dude, I know you're going to give me the real, real. i my lawyers are great. My team is great, but I know that if there's one person who will say, raise money this way, it's going to be you. And you've manifested the things that have happened. And so for me, it is, it's about it's financial literacy, financial understanding and financial practice, So now let's put all of that into practice and let's let it show up in a way that's going to ensure us that we have equity, that we have fairness, and that our businesses are where we want them to be. Otherwise, how do we create a sustainable culture of of new owners, Black business owners in terms of the focus for the studio, but all marginalized and women owners of businesses because we're the backbone of society, even if there's 10%.
0: (laughs) Uh, and you drive the largest amount of consumption and trend, right? So at the end of the day, we have both experienced culture vultures. Yes. That that and that's what there was to choose from then. Yeah. That's just what it was at that time. And so, you know, that's what I mean about coming to terms with shame of what what you've done and now you've turned it into this huge initiative, this big platform, this big business. And that's, that's really kind of what I think everyone has to be thinking about. I also do say that not everyone can be an entrepreneur. Not everyone should be an entrepreneur. I think it comes with a, like, there's all this data around like, lawyers and doctors around the sort of mental health and mental well being of those categories, but nobody really talks about the like, The rates of depression and anxiety amongst entrepreneurs. You know, when you say I'm not much of a crier, that's, that's just conditioning because you can't, Mm
1: -hmm. you can't,
0: you think you can't, right? Maybe you can, and we can, that's another conversation because you know how much I love crying. So, (laughs) but I'm saying, but I'm saying that, um, you know, it, there is an emotional labor to being a minority founder. There is an emotional labor. There's doing your job. There's being successful. There's performing and performing, you know, not at the level of your peers, but better than to prove a point. But yes. then there's also having to explain and PR and market your identity, you know, your how, your why. You're yes. constantly trying to be yourself, but without ruffling feathers and not you know, forsake yourself so much for trying to fit. So I think what you're doing creates a space where that emotional labor doesn't have to be a piece of it.
1: Yes. Right. Because yes.
0: that labor in my mind, and it's always like I always think about how much a more emotional labor, for example, women have to have, which is like, um, you know, I don't know that many dudes that walk to their cars at night with their keys in their hands. And hiding their purse under a jacket, and you know, like I know, dudes don't text each other. And be like, did you get home okay? Like, even you and I do that. Like, did you get home okay? That's emotional labor. Yes. Right. So now, layer on being black, queer, being non-binary, being Middle Eastern, being Latinx, being you know whatever whatever those things are. Right. And I, being a mom, being someone who's maybe once started a company at 45, 50, right? And you want to start a business now that your kids are out of the way and you have the time and you've saved your ducks, right? Like, so I think what is cool and exciting about what you're doing is that what happens when founders can operate in an environment where the emotional labor is already something that's been sort of soothed for, And that what's really there to be discussed is the business problems and the pains of just being a founder, you know, and I hope the media stops portraying entrepreneurs as such heroes because then they don't have to waste all their time taking them down for sport, Mm. you know, (laughs) because that's, that's really a gross thing in society that I think people need to really check themselves on, um, the grossness of the hunt, um, Especially for entrepreneurs and minority entrepreneurs, so I think that that's what you're doing. That's exciting, and I think that you're going to support a whole new genre of founders.
1: I mean, I hope so.
0: And doing it together,
1: and you know, it's really interesting the emotional labor. And I was having this conversation with our friend Lisa Price, and it was really fascinating because it was Lisa who's who's been on the podcast before, founder of Carol Starter, sold to L'Oreal. And it was um, with our partners at Chase, Leona Barber, who is amazing and who has really been a catalyst inside of Chase to help us navigate everything. And we were having this conversation about being a founder, the, the added weight of that, um, everything that you said, the, the, what's happening mentally, suicide rates, all these different things. And then we got into what happened to her when she sold to L'Oreal and how you had people saying, you're a sellout, you're this, you're that. And Lisa's saying, it's hard enough being a founder. And then you're a Black woman, you're all these different things. And Leona said, it's the culture. You're also carrying the weight of culture and community that is so prevalent in our, you know, you think about Blacks, Hispanics, and the pride. And that so many people felt like, wow, Carol Starter is my brand. We've made it. We've arrived. We have this amazing brand. And then we sell it. And Lisa said, well, whenever a white founder sells their company, they don't have that. And we talked about this, that are we truly able or how far are we to separate that? Because we are so rooted in culture, community, because we don't see it a lot. We want to hold on to kind of what's ours. But then for the founder, you have the emotional labor. You're carrying an entire culture And you don't have the benefit of having the hard part of being a founder. It's
0: so magnified. And I don't know if I have an answer, but... I I mean, I think the answer is that companies such as, you know, I think having shareholders and stakeholders, look, I think the good opportunity out of COVID-19 is shareholder and stakeholder alignment, right? When I think about stakeholder alignment, I think about your employees, your investors, your consumers, and your management. And if you can figure out how to build something that works for all four, then I think you have something really special. I think where the breakdown is, is that companies really built themselves through the lens of, we're here for our consumers and our employees, and quietly um, weren't as communicative about what they were dealing with from like a investor stakeholder management conversation. And so I would imagine with Lisa and that she was probably dealing with a ton of stuff that we probably just don't know about. Yeah. Right. And I think you and I, you know, we know some things and we know that she did her best. Right. And and she really, really, really did her best and continues to do her best. And I think the onus is on us as other women and minorities to continue to support and champion people like Lisa Price, people like Bobby Brown, people who seem to come at this thing like over and over and over and over. Like sometimes I'll look at a Lisa Price or Bobby Brown or Ariana Huffington. I'm like, damn, like you have been at this. (laughs) For like 50
1: years. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: Like that shit's long. I think that's another good thing for everyone to think about is that our careers are not like everyone's like life's too short. I actually think it's the opposite. I actually think life is fucking long. I think people need to really think about how they want to go through the throes of relationships and communication. I always think about the petty option in life. And I'm like, you know, you're gonna see this person again. You're gonna be sitting on a plane. You're gonna be at a conference. And I think where you can find generosity and, and forgiveness is really again another big lesson of last year because I've seen people act in ways that were um, pettiness was at an all time high.
1: I completely agree, and I the generosity, the kindness. <laughs> I mean, it just goes back to this notion of compassion and grace because it's the only way that we survive. And I do think that life is long. I think that it is longer than this, like, oh my gosh, what is it? It's low, so Lolo, what is it? You only live once. YOLO. YOLO.
0: No, like, yolo.
1: but I'm just like, it's long and we're going to run into people. And and I think most too, like, you know, what what is next? I know that that we talk about You're here working and you're always working, but you know, we are fans of yours too. And you've done so much for culture, community, beauty. Like what's next for you? What's on the horizon for 2022 and beyond?
0: (laughs) What's next for me? Joy, more gratitude, Mm -hmm. more working on myself, more spending time with people that I love and respect, more supporting founders and companies that are moving the needle, um, more building beauty united with you and and continuing to or or beginning to unveil what we've been up to over the past 18 months. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe a whole bunch of things that I feel like it's not about like what I'm going to do. It's more like who I'm going to be. Yes. Uh, and I think that who I'm going to be is someone who is really, I'm really sort of ready to step into the space of what all of that potential and opportunity is. And I think I'm, I'm ready to do it with some ease and some joy. I'm not feeling angsty um, about any one thing. And I think I think I'm doing something very uncomfortable, which I, I said to you earlier this year, I was going to do it. And I think you didn't, weren't believing that I was going to really do it, which was I was going to not launch a new company immediately. Um, even though there's a lot of things that are, that are here to launch and and work on. Um, I have maintained that I will not because I wanted to hold space for um, really digesting the magnitude of the past seven years, which were a humongous chapter of my life and many other people's and to let that sort of be the thing take, take care of myself. But next year I imagine I'll be, I think I'm gonna be really busy, <laughs> <laughs> but excited, busy and happy, busy and not busy in the same way because I I think that I will, um, like everyone, be building things very differently, be working with people of a different caliber of a different uh, energy and frequency, and a lot more focused on long term strategies. Big picture, because I think the startup world gets a bit consumed with the hustle and flow of in and out and get it in and what's the exit strategy. And I think that's awesome. That makes total sense to me. Um I don't know that it always makes sense for humans. Yeah. Um <laughs> and I yeah. think like most of my most of our founder friends, they really are suffering through it. We we don't know that many people who are like thriving on the company structure, sort of big, big running a huge organization. Like those friends of ours all wanna, you know, they're trying to zoom with you and I on Saturdays and Sundays to talk about. And the truth is this pandemic's not over. Yeah,
1: that's
0: true. The great uh, resignation is not over the economic impact of it all is not over uh political uh unrest is not over uh patriarchy is not over uh white supremacy is not over uh we still haven't defunded the police there's still a lot to do there's a lot going on like it's just we're just not there yet you know yeah but i think you know i used to be like so annoyed when like be like oh the arch of time that like that whole i'm like Now, now, now. But now I understand it's just going to take a really long time. I want to stay nimble mentally and emotionally so that as things are evolving and changing that we have the ability to move with it. So that's kind of the plan.
1: Wow. I am. Did I tell you
0: everything by telling you nothing? No,
1: you told me everything by telling me everything and putting a lot of lessons in there because I think it is, it's like sometimes we have to pause to accelerate Yes. And I am really proud of you because you said it and you have, I mean, I know the small things that I bring to you all the time, magnitude times everyone else in your life, and you have stayed true. And I think it's a valuable lesson for us all. It is a valuable lesson to take the time to understand who we are, to pause, to really figure out how do we move forward in a different way, because we can't con- continue to evolve if we don't go deep and do the work and you've done the work and that's what we all have to do. And that's what, that's why I was so honored. You know, I think about 50 episodes and all the lessons I've learned, how I've grown um, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a person, even as a mom, just listening to these stories. And so to have you be here for this momentous occasion, you know, it's all I could ask for. And so thank you for being an inspiration, a source, Um, a true friend, because at the end of the day, we know who is always going to hold us down, have our back, who we can go head to head with. But at the end of the day, we want the same thing and we want the best. So
0: we, we, um, well, thank you. (laughs) And I uh, have a lot of affection for you. Um, And I admire you. And I've I've always, even when we um, have not been on the same side of the table, (laughs) I have always admired you and the way that you are and the way you command your passions and your goals, um, and I'm excited and I'm honored. I'm like actually thrilled that I got to be here on 50, but more importantly on the day of your launch. Yeah. Um. And I hope you are proud of you. I hope you are able to like really digest because, like I said. This is something you've been manifesting and thinking about now for well over a decade, well over a decade. And 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 it, it's exciting to see you so in your own power and in your own agency. And I hope you're really able to digest that.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for that sentiment. I'm like ready to take the time and digest. And I know that we'll have many more conversations here about being United, all of the great work, um, the learnings from the Henry Crown Fellowship, which I'm so inspired by you always. So Moj, this has been such a fabulous conversation. I'm enlightened. I can't wait to just sit and be with the greatness of what we're both doing in our relationship. And before I let you go, I have been waiting to ask you this because your closet, every time I come to your house, I get goodies. So <laughs> I do. I walk away with my back. So I always ask our guests, like, what's one brand? In your case, you can do as many as you want, but one brand, two brands that we all should know and support.
0: Okay. First and foremost, I cannot live without this Tower 28 jelly. Oh, this shit you know I don't rock lip gloss. Everyone knows that. Like This is kind of a weird vibe for me. But I rock this shit. And Amy knows I love it. And she sends it to me in stacks. So I'm going to say this. <laughs> I really fuck with Nygma's cortisol bal- balancer. Because everyone knows I, I, I got a little anxiety. So this helps with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give Dr. Wu. He created the actual lightest moisturizer of all time. He made a big one. A small one. Bobby's Jones Road lip balm. I don't know why this shit smells so delicious, but it does. <laughs> Kristen Crowley's, yummy, yummy, yummy. Oh, you have yeah. to smell it. This is the th- shit. And then the last two, <laughs> these fucking tea crystals. I don't know why Tina sent this to me. And oh I just, I, I know she's not even her brand. She, but, <laughs> the You Beauty Queen sent this to me. And I mean, Barbara Sturm's little like sunscreen. Although I do, I do love my super group. Super okay. Group. That was all the, that was just like a little bit of stuff.
1: I love it. I love it. Listen, love it.
0: our friends, our friends make amazing shit. We're lucky. Oh, do.
1: We're yep. like so lucky, even as you're going through all of those. I mean, Dr. Enigma, like she was on the show and like I, all the things, I don't even do my day without her vitamin C and
0: all. Roya, and the vitamin C and she literally steals the, uh, face cleanse face cleanser. Like it's just always stolen. Oh always
1: my God is so fun. I love all of these products. I cannot wait to come over. And <laughs> try okay, good. All
0: this. right. Thanks everybody.
1: And every week I share an influencer I'm checking out and thanks to Moj and her fabulous product display. Um, I love to shout out Dr. Nigma, um, who we both rave about her products, but it is Dr. Nigma. Talib on Instagram at Dr. N-I-G-M-A-T-A-L-I-B. And as always, I want to leave one thing with you from today's guest, and that is really figuring out who you want to be and who you don't want to be. I think it's paramount that we all start to really go deep and think about who do we want to be and who do we not want to be and live to that truth. So thank you, Moj, for sharing that with us today. And please follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and we want to hear from you. Make sure that you leave five stars and subscribe. Thank you for tuning in. Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, associate producer Ariel Mancibo, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, edited by Fish Mar Creative, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast, and on
0: IG at Business of the Beat. Business of the Beat is a Mean Old Line Media production. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March thirty first to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting one hundred dollars back and one hundred percent accurate taxes.